Um, it was just a couple of days ago. It was actually about a week ago. They put out that they're reaching out to central banks around the world to do a private ledger on the XRP ledger, which again is exciting stuff because China, America, UK, wherever else, isn't going to want each other to see their private transactions. Mm. And there needs to be a bridge currency. And that's why XRP is my biggest hold. And the reason I believe XRP will be that bridge, which will allow CBDC, central bank digital currencies, to be interoperable with each other. Hi everyone, just a few words before we get started. First of all, our sponsor, ExpressVPN, the number one most trusted VPN on the internet. And you can currently get 35% of 12 months of ExpressVPN if you follow the link in the description below. Also, you'll find a link there for my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, which is available to order on Amazon and bookshop.org. Finally, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this podcast. Your help is how we grow. So here's the interview. Fantastic. So hello and welcome to another episode of Chatter. Johnny, Matthew, thank you very much for, for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me on. No problem. So yeah, everyone remember, keep your mics at a nice distance to your face. So the sound all sounds good. Yep. But um, Johnny, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself just before we get started? Um, what is uh, CryptoClear and, and how did you even you know, get into that? Yeah, so I've been involved in crypto assets from December of 2015. The first crypto asset I ever bought was Bitcoin and then Ethereum in 2016. And from there, there was a bunch of ICO disasters, as we all know, in 2017, many of us got into and got burned. But it was probably about two years ago I had the idea for CryptoClear. And it was, I just went to my uncle and said, look, you know, do you want to deal with all the stuff that I don't want to deal with? You know, the market and the website. And really what we're trying to do is build a bigger and better Coinbase, starting from a different angle. So Coinbase starts with an exchange. We thought, you know what, people aren't even educated on what a crypto even is. So we'll start with the education and then a roadmap of three to five years to filter it up to a crypto exchange, crypto fund, NFT marketplace, which is a recent thing, and many other services. You know, it's real, it's real, real exciting. Mm. So right, what is what is Coinbase? For people listening and like with no clue, yeah. just like this is the first time that they've heard about cryptocurrencies somehow. But uh, what, yeah. is, what is Coinbase? Like, what, what, is, what even is the website and, and why do you believe that you can make a better product than it? Yeah, so Coinbase is primarily a crypto asset exchange. That's, you know, the sales pitch or the elevator pitch when it was first founded. Obviously, now they do institutional grade custody for assets and many other features. And the reason why I think CryptoClear can be bigger and better is just the, the outlook on the company, I think, just because we have a different outlook than Coinbase. I think they've missed a lot of opportunities. They don't understand why they weren't in the NFT craze, per se, that's going on right now. Again, a crypto asset fund, they can never understand why Binance or Coinbase has never, you know, researched that. You know, people are going to Coinbase and saying, look, there's Bitcoin here, but I don't want to buy it. I'd rather just invest it, you know, above board, regulated through the FCA where we are here or wherever it happens to be in the world. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's opportunities out there and really we're trying to fill the gaps of crypto clear. Mm. So you basically think that they are not filling many of the gaps in the market or, or the potential of, of what like cryptocurrency could be as even just a financial asset and you're trying to 
you know, make, make more of that by making uh, like some sort of yeah, crypto asset portfolio, which would be like the, just for my own posterity is you're essentially talking about creating like a fund, like an ETF with cryptocurrencies in it. That's Yeah, 100%. Point. That would be one of the many services that CryptoClear would provide. And again, that's just a, a stepping stone. We probably have, you know, well over 10 to maybe 12 services that we want to bring about in the next three to five years. And it's really, you know, laser eyes per se. It's relevant, obviously, to the laser eyes on Twitter. Focus yeah. on a few things at a time, you know, max three, build them up, make them a great service or a great product, get it out to the market and then move on to the next three because if you're juggling 12 at once, you're going to, you know, it's going to be trouble, <laughs> you know? So what do you find attractive about cryptocurrency? Because uh, I started to explain to some people why it's not magic internet money. Yeah. Maybe you think it is magic internet money. <laughs> Uh, but like, what what attracts you to, to, to the idea of cryptocurrency, even just broadly? I think definitely a big thing is a wealth shift. Just there's, you know, as we all know, there's been a, we're currently in a bull run in my opinion, but there's there's some people that have put in, you know, next to nothing and they've made a small fortune. And I, I just love that. I love hearing stories like the, the Dogecoin millionaire on YouTube, you know, seeing that he put in a lot of money. It was like around 200K or whatever, but you know, as well over a million. You know, I love stories like that. It's really, it's an opportunity to, again, shift wealth from the, the uber rich to the everyday person, which, again, I love. I agree with that. So, like, it's that redistribution of the wealth. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Like, anyone can get in necessarily enough. Like, you can still make games. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's one of the attractive things to many people. I, I was talking to um, Professor Anthony Muller, who's a, a professor of Austrian economics at, ooh, the university escapes me, but uh, he's based in Brazil now, and he was talking to me about uh, inflation and why he believes that crypto has, has gone up so rapidly in the past year is basically that um, America and most of the world has just printed a stupid yeah. amount of money and it the, the cryptocurrency has become this like little valve where where like that extra money that's circulating in the system is kind of gone to rather than just uh, display itself in like hyperinflation in the in the general sense. But do you really think that crypto is the best way for people to, or well, is it the only way that we now have to try and like balance those scales of, of wealth inequality for say yeah, our generation? Oof, that's a tough one. So, but I think like. It's definitely going to be the future finance, but like in my personal opinion, that's how I see it. That's why? Why do you say that? Like, what? Because a lot of like I hear this argument endlessly. Right? People are just like, well, you know, it's the future of money, and then they don't really go much further into it and explain why it's the future of money. Like, what is it that makes it the future of finance to you? Well, like the current monetary system, pretty centralized. We can all agree on that. Banks yeah. are like in control of everything, pretty much. Banks and governments. With Bitcoin, everything's decentralized, so as to like a good degree. So that's that's one positive about it. Then everything also goes on to the public blockchain, which like database slash ledger that anyone can see, audit, do what they want with. So yeah, you have a lot better like understanding of where your funds are going, or like you can see where governments are putting their money or so. Just things like that there in general. Like I don't know if you have anything to add to that. 
Yeah, I mean, just you brought up DeFi. Um, just for anybody that doesn't know, it's decentralized finance. So as you're saying, you know, at the moment everything's centralized. It's trying to make yeah. it decentralized, obviously. But there's just a huge opportunity. You know, there's I can't remember the name off the top of my head. I think it's BlockFi or there's, there's Celsius. There's all these ones where you can, you know, convert your your pounds into USDC, which is a stable coin of the US dollar. Put it on these platforms and earn like six or nine percent on your money every year. Right. But the thing with these platforms are personally, I wouldn't touch them. Decentralized to some degree. What are they offering? They're offering like basically invest like you. Yeah, but where is your what is your where is your money going? Like like they're like you give them like your Bitcoin, they hold it, like lend it, I assume, like stuff like that there, they lend out and then obviously they're making money on lending out, so you get a percentage of whatever you've given them to like hold. The only problem is like they're a simple body, like they're holding your Bitcoin, you don't actually necessarily own the bitcoin at that stage no they have custody of your yeah. privacy so yeah, you're <laughs> so it's not yeah. actually your bitcoins to say that something catastrophic happens they shut down your bitcoin's gone like yeah that's the problem i think that's why like DeFi is like such a big up and coming thing because instead of logging it into like a centralized company like celsius blockfi whatever you're logging it into a smart contract I believe like that's the way it works is um it's actually verifiable by the blockchain and like your money's not being held by a third party basically yeah and again it's it's still it's still having teething problems yeah, you know that's with these platforms yeah <laughs> yeah gas fees are just one of many so that's, the, that's the transaction fee essentially yeah, on the ethereum network so like DeFi took off like last summer would yeah. you say yeah yeah and like true. Obviously, that congested the network, and then transaction fees go up because the network's congested. But like, I saw something crazy there whenever everyone was moving their Ethereum to sell it in the recent like drop. The gas fees were like per transaction something crazy, like four hundred dollars. So if you're moving, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless like, of the cost of the transaction, or regardless yeah. of the amount of money that you were like sending or trying to sell, yeah. So say you wanted to move like five hundred dollars. 400 of that goes to the transaction fee. What? Yeah. Why would anyone sell it that because way? Obviously, there's people that are like moving large amounts of money and like that's just a fraction and like it's worth it for them. But like that's what like Ethereum's 2.0 upgrade looks to solve is the transaction fees through sharding and stuff like that there, I believe. Yeah. I haven't looked too much into it, but yeah, they, they were planning and releasing that in the summertime, I believe. That's the date that they set. Like okay. So they're gonna, they're, they, yeah. There's a software update that's gonna reduce the the cost of transactions, basically, and that's to deal with. Because when you say when you say DeFi took off last year, um, you mean that like the concept of the of, of buying into some sort of monetary store, like a cryptocurrency token, whatever that is not stored or controlled by one central source. That's what you mean by by DeFi revenue. Also, as well, just the the total value lock. So. TVL in the protocols yeah. just went absolutely insane. Which is what? What is what is the total value lock? The total value lock would just be the the monetary value in DeFi protocols. I wouldn't know off the top of my head. You know how much it would okay. be now. No, 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 I, I mean, mean, I mean, like, what, what, I mean, no, it's more like, what do you mean by that? Like, what does that term mean? Is is so you're saying it's the the total cost of the the transaction? 
Oh, so the, the total value lock would be the, the total amount of monetary value in that project or protocol. Okay. So, um, yeah, so like once you lock it in, like to a smart contract, then it becomes locked, like yeah. not there. So it does. So, like, essentially, like it's the amount of money held in those smart contracts that can't be taken out because it's in that contract for a certain amount of time or whatever. Because when you do like lock these, like staking, they call it, like, when, once you lock into that, like it normally is on a time basis, like you're logging in for three months or something, something like that. There, so once it's logged, it can't be moved until the contract expires, essentially. So that's that's like what the TVL is, and I believe the figure is around a hundred billion. I'm not totally certain, but yeah. that's what it was like around the, the high of it. At least. Yeah. That's massive. That's a lot of money. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, it's just it's a drop in the ocean for what's going to come for DeFi. Mm. I believe that DeFi will be absolutely massive. Yeah. You know what we're seeing now is, is yeah, sure. <laughs> without a doubt. The applicate like real world applications is crazy. So it's like obviously there's taking problems, as you said. Like one of the things, just like looking into the ISO is oracles. I don't know if you know much about the oracles, like Chainlink and stuff. Like the basically, these smart contracts can only access on-chain data, but sometimes the smart contract might want to use like something off-chain. For instance, like who won the presidential election or whatever, and like how do they get that data into the chain to like confirm the contract and like maybe pay out or whatever the the contract's goal is. So these act as like a third party and to like gather that information, give it to the blockchain so the blockchain can then make a decision and then redistribute whatever tokens they need to. So yeah, there's there's definitely keeping problems with that there and like Chainlink look to be the leader in addressing those. Yeah, I absolutely love Chainlink. Um Link is probably my second biggest investment. Yeah. Really? I just think they're buying Bitcoin, I assume. Um, what is this, sorry? Behind Bitcoin. So, like, Bitcoin is your biggest investment? No, actually, no. 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 What, right, yeah. Okay, so then, like, what are your, your favorite sort of all, uh, alternative coins that are not Bitcoin or Ethereum? Yeah, so XRP would be the biggest one for allocation in the long-term portfolio. Okay, what is XRP? XRP yeah. is a digital asset. Mm. A lot of people think it's, it's pegged to a company, Ripple. But again, Ripple's just one of you know 130 projects that are, or companies rather that are working on the XRP ledger, and XRP can settle transactions in a mere three to five seconds. The transactions per second are through the roof, and again, there's a lot of you know, FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt about XRP. Obviously, Ripple own the vast majority of XRP, and of course, there's a, a massive legal case going on at the moment against Ripple. The SEC is trying to basically say that. Ripple is selling XRP under the market as a security. So people have the expectation that when you buy XRP, you're getting equity per se or a stake in the company Ripple, which again, if anybody does their due diligence in the XRP token, XR, or not XRP, sorry, Ripple runs six nodes yeah. or something out of, you know, it's, it's a pretty high number compared to six for the XRP ledger. So it's pretty. So XRP, am I right in saying it's, a payment system pretty much like that's what it aims to address is like payments it doesn't have any like dApps or does it have dApps built on blockchain um just at the moment i mean xrp is used for a number 
a number of use cases, but obviously the primary, the primary one which people see is because of Ripple. So RippleNet is a technology for financial institutions and payment providers, which allows, again, they have a great service line of credit where you can you know, borrow the XRP and settle it later, which obviously helps smaller payment providers around the world. But again, there's many uses for XRP. I actually read an, an article this morning, actually, that they're thinking of doing NFTs on the XRP ledger. Again, there was a big thing about decentralized applications on it or smart contracts, but Codius, I'm not sure it was called Codius, okay. um, but again, it just never so came to fruition. Like, does it have any of those built on it? Or is like, obviously open to like bringing those on board? Yeah, I mean, it's it's primarily the way I would view it as an, from an investor's perspective is what Ripple's doing with yeah. their technology RippleNet, which utilizes XRP. Um, it was just a couple of days ago, it was actually about a week ago, they put out that they're reaching out to central banks around the world to do a private ledger on the XRP ledger, which again is exciting stuff because China, America, UK, wherever else, isn't going to want each other to see their private transactions. Mm. And there needs to be a bridge currency. And that's why XRP is my biggest hold. And the reason I believe XRP will be that bridge, which will allow CBDC, central bank digital currencies, to be interoperable with each other. How, um, how, so I've seen like in the last six to eight months, a number of different countries be like, oh, we're just going to make our own cryptocurrency, our own digital yeah. currency. Like we have, like Britain has Britcoin, um, which is the most amazingly named thing ever. Yeah. I'm not even going yeah. to like pretend that that's not brilliant. Yeah. There's Boris Coin. Yeah. Yeah, we should get one made up. Boris Coin. Boris Coin. Yeah, get it Boris, done. Boris Coin probably already exists. Yeah. Surely. Surely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but then his like meme ability is, is, is kind of outdated. Like he was very very much a meme like four, five, six years ago when he was mayor of London and he was all about the buses. Yeah. I mean, that would have to be the image for yeah, the, the Boris coin. Yeah. yeah. But like, so yeah, we've had Britain suggest one. I've seen Europe discussing it. I've seen America talking about a digital dollar or like a crypto dollar or something, something in that realm. China are obviously um, pushing their, their digital yen um, that is going to, well, they're uh, seemingly attempting to replace Bitcoin, at least within the, the boundaries of China with it, yeah. um, because I think they've realized that they can't control it um, in the same way that they China can with, and China want to be able to control everything. Yeah, exactly. But how, how realistic do you think it is to have these uh, countries like minting their own cryptocurrency? Because it's, 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 it's at least like somewhat obvious to me that the reason that cryptocurrency is like specific ones are valuable like xrp you've just like laid out why that's that's valuable as a as a token or as a cryptocurrency like what the utility is for it people like bitcoin because they see it as digital gold they like ethereum because you know you can go through the different there's a million yeah Uh, people like Dogecoin because the the meme like but all of these currencies have inherently something built into them that people want from the that they like the way that the the token of the asset is set up they like the way it performs they like whatever part of it i don't see there being 
a reason for people to decide they're like well you know uh, i did like bitcoin but i'm just gonna dump everything and go for like the european digital currency like yeah. it doesn't feel like it has they have any utility beyond like the yeah. gimmick of being yeah. magic internet money um, which, <laughs> yeah definitely i think like for stable coins like yeah people want something that isn't gonna like be as volatile i get that will it be a country's stable coin or will it be a stable coin just created decently is the question really yeah and it should be noted that central bank digital currencies are not cryptocurrencies cryptocurrencies are obviously not issued by a central bank e-money institution mm. credit institution so on and so forth are they built on blockchains the cbdc's yeah yes but yes. they aren't decentralized um, no, it'll just be completely private yeah. to that region or yeah. that area of the world. So they're essentially just minting digital coins, not a cryptocurrency, or that's at least the plan. Yes, okay. yes. So the, 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 the way that people are talking about it to like replace crypto is, is not even slightly realistic then. And just, just in my personal opinion that CBDCs, or rather crypto will complement CBDCs definitely in the future um, I can see I know Christine Lagarde come out and said something about Bitcoin not too long back basically they wouldn't they wouldn't touch it but you know JP Morgan said the same thing yeah so, um, so did Morgan Stanley so yeah. Bank of America so did the central bank <laughs> the European central bank so the Bank of England yeah oh yeah the list goes on <laughs> I mean the Bank of England are still spreading that serious bug um, telling people that ever like I sent you that article a few weeks yeah. ago, the bank of the, the 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 governor of the Bank of England was like, people in crypto will lose all their money, and I was immediately like, oh, shit, I better sell everything I've got. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, like at the end of the day, they don't want crypto becoming a big thing. Their bank, it's crypto, like goes against banks pretty much. So I get why they're doing that, but yeah, you just got. Don't know what's what's not. Yeah, definitely, and just you know, on the DeFi thing earlier, banks are probably 15, 25 years behind everybody else. You know, the three of us were sitting in the Bank of Ireland or the Bank of England in a boardroom, and we put our hand up, or you know, volunteered for you know a, a real, a real progressive thing for the bank, and we said, listen, there's this thing called DeFi. You would be laughed at, or I think in the next fifteen years, to be crying out for someone that knows about DeFi, because once these protocols are stress tested resilient they'll take off you know it, it's only a matter of time before one really really does take off and people think to themselves why would i keep a thousand pound in the bank of england or bank of ireland where we are here ulster bank and earn 0.1 percent interest when you can convert it into usdc and earn between six and nine percent yeah. i just the banks are in trouble the, the only thing I'd add to that, like staking USDC is, like, obviously there's the inflation of the dollar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's true. Yeah. Like 7%, you're like, oh, great, I'm getting 7%. But inflation's like 2 to 5%. You're yeah. using that off that 7%. So, yeah, like, that's something that you got to consider. But definitely, I agree. Like, DeFi is going to be huge. And, like, we've seen it be any swap, like, how far they've come. Yeah. in terms of like changing that and stuff so what do you think the the capacity for the for cryptocurrency to actually replace like fiat money is because yeah. i mean i it's you a could task. yeah I, because like like i just i don't see how it goes down because right i don't believe that cryptocurrency will be banned like loads of people are just being like oh they're gonna ban it and you just you, there is 
they can't even, they don't even know how to regulate fucking Facebook. Yeah. Like, they, 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 yeah. They, they, they don't even know where to start with that. Yeah. Like, do you honestly believe that you can, you can regulate a digital, like cryptocurrencies when new ones can be like created all the time? Um, there's <laughs> so much like different scope in the technologies, the application, the, the, the way in which it can, it's like either just transferred between different people, the number of different exchanges, wallet, like there's no way that, that our class of politicians has any fucking clue how to deal with it, right? So I don't believe no. it can be banned. What they can do is stop certain businesses using it. Yeah. Um, like they could say, well, we're, you're, you're going to get a tax break if you use dollars or pounds. Yeah. But uh, uh, do you think it's actually possible for it to step beyond money like are you gonna say in five years time be able to say to your boss you know i want you to pay me in cardano or i want you to pay me in xrp and then you can sit with like a, an app on your phone and like go into the shop pay with your xrp um tip the bartender in doge like <laughs> yeah. do you, is that actually a real a possibility that you see happening or is that like a pipe dream no, 100%. I can see it being used as a like payment option for sure. Like we're already seeing it in some places. Yeah, so is that a gimmick? Because I've seen yeah, I've seen companies yeah, saying they're gonna do it. Last, definitely. Like people have used it as kind of a gimmick, but they probably also made money off it. Like in the future, like there's like we're still like really early on, and like there's still a lot of things being developed. Like XRP, for example, can be used for payments. Cardano's got data pay. Like, and they're work, currently working on that to bring on board merchants and stuff. Like, I think uh, Save the Children was the first merchant. So, obviously, charities can be brought on board. People can donate their Cardano or whatever to the charity. Mm. Charity can do whatever they want, sell it, hold it, you know. So, it's, it's not something I can see happening in the short term, for sure. But, like, long term, not a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'd... I'd be singing off the same hymn sheet. You know, I just think that you will walk into somewhere in the future and you'll be able to pay with Cardano, XRP, Doge, whatever it happens to be. But I definitely do think that the narrative that is being put out by central banks around the world is just a, you know, a cloud of smoke yeah. per se, which is why they've rushed into the CBDCs, the blockchain, the private ledgers. You know, they're not going to give up. You know, personally, I don't believe there'll be a world where Bitcoin or whatever replaces cash altogether or CBDCs yeah. in my opinion it just isn't going to happen it's going to be like a data receiving system like people are going to be able to choose to pay with cash choose to pay with Cardano I don't think it's going to be like one thing takes over yeah. it's going to be an all or nothing type of market mm -hmm. but I do see it becoming like a serious competitor to like fake cash like people are going to have it on their balance sheets if they're a business people are going to like hold it as a regular person maybe in like 10, 15 years time. Mm. That's my kind of time frame, I think, anyway. Yeah, yeah best time frame to have. Yeah, long, long term. term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. long term for the technology. Yeah, and for the tech. Easily. But I mean, like, you're also, you're also <laughs> hedging that like society is still here in 10 years. Like uh, Tim Pool always makes the joke that, that you could get, say, uh, 
yeah, 10 years into the future and, you know, society's collapsed and you could be offering a guy what the equivalent of a million pound in Bitcoin would be for a glass of water. But, you know, the water is more valuable when, you know, the world is falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then you're Bitcoin. Like, yeah. there's there's arguments that the, the, the rise of cryptocurrency and, like, the, the cost of price of, say, things like NFTs, which seem to a lot of people, and we'll get to those in a minute, but, like, utterly valueless. Yeah. Is, yeah. is a sign that society has no idea what to do with its money because it's become so wealthy and decadent that we, you know, we don't need, we, no one's, no one wants basically anymore apart, well, obviously there's people in poverty, but the, the upper classes especially are not struggling. They, they they can't think of things to put their money into. So it's like, well, I'll just take this digital squiggle and that's about a hundred grand, right? Like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a crazy market. So as the NFT market, but I do see as it develops and matures, like it becoming a lot better and having a lot more uses. Like obviously, like in gaming, I think that's like one area it could be big in. Like obviously, you've got your like trade trading card games and stuff like that. There, you could issue like digital cards instead of like having novels, you have something that's verifiable and like real on the blockchain that can't be changed. So I, I can see something like that coming up pretty pretty soon, I think. Blizzard have maybe already talked about like Magic the Gallery and NFTs, like GameStop, GameStop just launched their. No, I'm not joking. GameStop yeah. just launched their like NFT platform okay. yesterday. Amazing. Like a trading platform, is it? Yeah, it's it's so they're they're they've minted some sort of token. I need to look more into it. So they've minted some sort of token, but most of it is the idea that they will allow people to resell secondhand versions of digital games. Yeah. It's actually like pretty smart. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. That's that's also the use case that a lot of people aren't taking into account. Like. When they hear NFTs, they hear what's been in the media, which is like artwork being sold as an NFT. But like NFTs can be applied to like anything, like you were saying, like cars, stuff like that. There, I've heard about houses as well being auctioned as NFTs for like they're held by a holding company, like an LLC, and then they sell the NFT. Whoever buys the NFT owns the house, like. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. And like, this sounds like some sort of tax dodge. Yes. Like, but once that there like comes into fruition, if it does, like that could be game changing. Like, people don't even like have to go through the normal ways of doing like things like that. Though. They could just buy them on the blockchain and store it as verifiable. Like, so. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. I mean, just as an example, the two artists that we have in the books at the moment for we 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 NFT art and crypto clear. So the real thing with NFTs is it gives the power back to the artist. Yeah. So it's built into the smart contract where if you buy the piece of art on OpenSea and sell it to me and I sell it to fifteen other people, well the artist can get between one percent and ten percent of the sale the whole way along the way, royalties. Which every, is massive. Every time it's sold. Every well. single time. That's oh. awesome. So stuff like Marvel and DC. Yeah. You know, if you have a Batman painting, mm. you know, that's a, or a Batman picture, it's official by Marvel. Or DC, rather. You know, mm-hmm. I, I could have triggered a lot of people there. <laughs> Make sure practice Batman is DC. Um, but, but yeah, like, DC will love that sort of stuff. And even this is getting a bit, you know... 10 15 years, but there's a thing that we're looking at at the moment, which is digital real estate on the central land. 
Yeah. Between like... On what? Hang on, right. <laughs> Before we get real crazy here, because there's a couple of questions I want to ask you. So an, yeah. an, an NFT is, an, is, is stands for non-fungible token. And yeah. it's essentially like, uh, no, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's like a, it's some sort of digital asset. Normally it's been talked about, like you said, in, in terms of artwork, people creating, like, yeah, just uh, digital art. Um, I've seen it uh, like used to, for people to be able to make a lot of money of the original version of memes that they star in. Yeah. Um, I've seen people using it to store, like, say, oh, yeah, no, that's the original tweet. Um, and, I've seen that. Yeah. Jack Dorsey's, like, first tweet on Twitter. And the thing is, yeah. yeah, I mean, the Trump the Trump ones will definitely be worth a fortune <laughs> in, like, 10, 20 years. Um, just, or anyone who has their account blocked or cancelled or anything that like the those those are going to become like seriously valuable yeah, assets <laughs> yeah oh my goodness alex jones his, t- his tweets will be worth a fortune <laughs> oh, that's a really yeah. good point that's a story for yeah a whole series on alex jones yeah. <laughs> but so so yeah i just wanted to clarify that before we go further into talking about nfts so um you're also t- suggesting there that like nfts could be used to s- like make sure the artists get the value of paintings artwork anything that they do that that's get sold on like regardless of whether it's a digital or a physical asset it just has to be like linked to that to an nft with a smart contract in order for them to benefit from it. So when you're saying about Marvel and DC, you're basically saying that they can, like someone could have like a mint old comic and then sell it, like sell the NFT attached to it. And then they will always get, as long as people keep using the NFT to resell it, that they will always get like a percentage of it. Yeah. So it's sort of something similar what happens with diamonds at the moment. I I don't know, you know, the, there's really different tiers, you know, of quality of people that basically verify the quality of diamonds. And there's just a wee small, small, I think it's a couple of numbers or a code or, you know, whatever it happens to be, that can either be scanned or inputted. And you can verify that that diamond is from X location, it's X rarity and whatever else. Mm. To me, I see the physical items like that, but what or might seem... The, the names of the people who died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, this might seem a bit wacky, but I do think in the future, a lot of physical stuff will not disappear per se, but I know Open... It's actually Nifty, sorry, not OpenSea. They're currently developing like a screen. So it's basically, you know, you put your art in it. Um, it's a frame, you know, it's a glorified frame. And again, you can just, you know, every 15 minutes or whatever, change the different piece of art you've bought, different cards, whatever it happens to be, sit in your house. Mm. And again, this is just all... I mean, yeah. I've seen I've seen people talking about NFTs as um, a friend of mine was telling me that he thinks the main value in it is going to be as artwork for your virtual house when, when like virtual worlds become more uh widespread customizable um easier to create that people are going to have their like virtual pad and you'll stick on your vr heads yeah. and all disappear out to it and they'll be like oh yeah no man no, yeah that's the original tweet on the yeah like, you know yeah no that was that was the piece that um you know someone scribbled and then yeah i got the the, the nft for it like the it will that's the Certainly. the reason it's for it definitely like you, you had mentioned the simplan there and yeah it's like one of the first like big one like virtual worlds so it's something i could see happen for sure 
Yeah. Yeah, you were going somewhere with that. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. No, no. What's, what's Decentraland and why are you looking into it? Yeah, so it was back in 2018, the token mana for Decentraland. That's when I first got into it. And again, I was interested in buying the land on it. But, you know, if you go to buy the land now, near the, the spawn point, basically the center, you know, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but yeah, just the central land, there's that stuff's going on right now. You can go to virtual casinos and gamble your money. There's actually a casino in Vegas. It's hiring 12 real life people. It sounds strange to say to man these casinos, keep people entertained while they're gambling their money. And there's also art galleries. You can do houses, as you say, you know, bring your mate in. Another really good thing as well is you can also integrate podcasts into it. So I've walked into people's houses or lands in the central land and you can go up and press the button and their most recent podcast place which i think is really cool it's really really cool and the thing is is i don't know the exact number of people on the central land now but the last time i checked it was like between six and seven thousand people and to put that into perspective there's between seven and eight hundred million users per month on minecraft so i sort of see the the but gap there yeah <laughs> as a target and i'm sort of you know if the central land does take off you know per the roadmap per obviously the utility the use case of it it's going to be massive yeah. you know it's going to be huge you've you've nike adidas pizza hut all these big big companies doing events on it and again you can really? host a yeah. So right. Okay. It's, it's, I, it's, it's insane, so, but... so so like we're, we're, <laughs> no. I just want to get. I want to get like a really good idea of what, what yeah. it actually is. So is it essentially because in my head it's like a digital like city or or place and like you stick on your headset and it's there all built and you can like stroll about and like obviously that's maybe not quite what it is. Yeah. It's, it's like close. what is it like when you log in? What do you get into? Is there just like one? Is there many worlds like like RuneScape used to have? Yeah, um, or well, probably still does have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, so just when you log in, obviously, except for you know, linking your MetaMask wallet to create you know, your account and whatever else, you would you would spawn in in the center, and there only is one world, Centerland, and again, that's why the the real estate is so valuable. Um, I think that the cheapest piece that I was looking at that we would consider because again, it sounds silly, but it's near a main road and close to attractions. It's almost like physical real estate, but the location, cheapest- Location, location. Yeah, location. that's what it is. It's just location, location, location. But um, yeah, again, some of the prices for the stuff would blow your mind. Yeah. You know, people are paying thousands of dollars for, you know, a coat on their avatar, yeah. but it's come. Uh, I like, personally haven't used the Central myself, but I have like, looked into it and seen like, what's happening there. And like, people seem to love it that are involved with it. And like, if more people get on board, like, it's only going to raise the value of like these pieces of land or like items or like whatever you have like within the community or area. So, yeah. Definitely. Binance and stuff actually has a, there's a crypto valley in it. I'm not sure it's called Crypto Valley bunch of obviously crypto firms are there and then you have the casino valley you have the games valley yeah i've seen the casino that was like an interesting thing so it was yeah like like you can just go in and gamble your crypto or whatever so it's like it's just a virtual crypto casino casino. yeah like are you wearing 
a VR headset at all times when you're when you're in these, or is it like on the screen and you're kind and of like virtual? Yeah, uh, sorry, I actually forgot to say when you said about that. It's uh, at the moment, as you said, it's only web browser based, and um, you know, you try to do it on your. So how do you navigate? It? Is it like navigating navigating on like Google Street View, basically? No, no, it's almost like just a game on the PC. You know, you use like keys to go back and forward to you. So yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Can you see other people? Yeah, like, yeah. What do they look like? What are the graphics actually like? The graphics have vastly improved. Okay. You know that they're constantly getting better and better. And I actually only watched Ready Player One the movie like a couple of months ago. And as soon as I watched it, I was like, "This is the central land." You know, if they can do it right, yeah. that's obviously you know a grand scale if it does take off. And it is something they can kind of like build upon, update the graphics yeah. and stuff. Like yeah. It's, yeah. But I mean, I'm just curious as to where it's at right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. yeah, it's in a great place. You know, you know, right now you can, you know, if you and I were on it at different parts of the world, you know, can have our microphones and talk to each other on it. Is that like proximity based sort of chat? Like if you're close to someone, like you can hear them or like how does the chat work? Yeah, um, I've only talked to a few people on it. You know, I've just said to people, you know, could you show me your land? And some often you have to type it, you know, because maybe they don't they don't have their sound on or whatever. But um, yeah, you have to be pretty close to people. You know, in, yeah. in the game, you're basically you know that close to them. You know what I mean? But um, it's like you have to add, like ask them, do you want to talk, or like is it just automatic? Like so, if you're standing within this distance, you can hear like, them, you can hear them yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, because it's like. Kind of cool concept, I guess. Yeah, like, to have in the game. Yeah, you, you could you could definitely integrate some sort of like clubhouse style of, of yeah. like interaction into it, yeah. where it was just like you could hear everything that was going on in close proximity. I mean, if I big like gamers becoming like who knows like how many people like get onboarded if like it takes off, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of adoption around it. So. Yeah, it's exciting stuff, like isn't it? I think this is how humanity ends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all go into these VR worlds. Yeah, we all go into these worlds. Yeah, like yeah. That's literally what we're talking about creating, though, and it's there already. Yeah. yeah, like everything's getting taken over by like AI and robotics. So like, there's gonna be a stage where like we essentially like don't have much work to be doing. So like, what are people gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah, invest in these different worlds. Yeah, yeah, we're already part. You know, yeah. cyborg. Some people say, you know, who who doesn't? Who leaves their phone at home? Yeah. You know, most people carry it in their hand. Yeah. You know, it's just absolutely insane. Um, eventually it'll go, it'll go complete. Complete cyborg. Yeah, get the chip <laughs> and the mark of the beast. Yeah, oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Neuralink. It's called, isn't it? Yeah, the Elon Musk one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like people are like, no, Bill Gates is going to microchip me, and at the same time, yeah, they're like, Elon microchip me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's not being open about it. He's like straight up, like, yeah, we're building microchips, like implant into your brain. And everyone's like, because Elon said it, I'm with it. I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading this book, or well, not his book, but a book about him at the minute that I got from a friend of mine. It's really, really interesting. Like listening to him describe like early on in his career, at least the battle he had to get people to realize what PayPal was going to be, um, or at least what the concept of PayPal was going to be. He didn't actually, he didn't actually find the company PayPal either. He founded, he, he, no, they, they merged. He had a company called X.com, which was essentially trying to become a digital bank like 15 years too early. Um, and the investors just didn't see it and sort of thought that this PayPal company was better. They merged. Um, he got 
then and then eBay came in and bought him out and got they they, they offered like one point five billion. But like a few years later, like PayPal was valued at like forty five billion or something ridiculous like that. Which yeah. which I mean was probably because of its integration with eBay and then it's like ease into the, the rest of the internet. But uh, you know, he should have you shouldn't have paper handed. <laughs> Although he did use the money to buy yeah, or to start like, a little bit, yeah. yeah. He's a genius, isn't he? Mm. An absolute genius. Not a dumb guy, even though like some of the tweets surrounding like energy use of Bitcoin and stuff, maybe I'm one hundred percent. Yeah, what's going on? Like what is he at? What do you think? Piers uh, right, okay, actually, just for people who who don't know, Elon Musk has been shit talking basically about bitcoin because they, they were, he was all up on this bitcoin tesla bought bitcoin and then all of a sudden he came out and said that they it was too uh too damaging to the environment essentially like the cost um was was too high for energy for the transaction fees and therefore they were looking into different cryptocurrencies uh to accept with tesla and then uh, the market started to tank uh, China did their big "we're going to ban crypto" thing, and they, like people basically credit Elon Musk with like having crashed the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency market. So, um, what is he at? <laughs> I don't like, necessarily think he's doing out of badness, but like Ted, from what I've read, Tesla make a good bit of their money from carbon credits, so that like government issues them like subsidies or something like that, and uh, that's where a lot of their revenue comes from. So, really. Yeah. So are they are they selling on those carbon credits to other companies? Yeah, that's what I believe. But like, I assume because like there is this talk around Bitcoin and whether like it's like really damaging to the environment or not. Like the or like the government's issuing these carbon credits have probably approached Tesla and said like you need to like stop doing what you're doing with crypto or we're going to stop giving you these carbon credits. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think like. Elon then has totally changed his view because like he has to or he's gonna lose revenue on his company, his investors won't be happy and stuff like that. So that's where I believe it's coming from. I don't think he did it out of malice or anything, but yeah, it just doesn't doesn't look too good on him. So it doesn't when he comes into it, like buying one point five billion and then like a few weeks later he's like, actually no, we're not accepting Bitcoin anymore. He did tweet that Tesla has diamond hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> they're not actually removing it from their balance sheet. They're just not accepting it mm-hmm. anymore. So yeah. yeah, but there is there is kind of reason behind it, and I get that. It's just maybe you should have done a bit more research into like this. No, I mean, I kind of feel like he knows what the score is, but I'll tell you he's my theory in a minute. Yeah, I don't know about manipulating, but like, well, what do you think? What is he up to with with uh, with Bitcoin and his tweets about the energy consumption and? what is your take on the whole situation yeah I think there's a method behind the madness you know he knows what he's doing and he, he does it in a way that's so clever because he has such grip over the market with obviously Doge yeah. and then obviously you know obviously Bitcoin but you know it's, it's just crazy that one one man yes the richest man in the world but he can move the market so significantly yeah. and of course you can get into you know XYZ reasons as to why he done it but you know, it's just it's just a, a second guess, but maybe he's done it to get Bitcoin at a lower price. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe he's put that tweet out, yeah. and then Tesla's come in bought or, and, and bought the dip. Yeah, or he just bought it himself because he does personally hold Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think he holds more of? 
in terms of monetary value <laughs> obviously like <laughs> numbers of coins is yeah. a bit different um i don't know like there's the theory that he's like the owner of the doge address that holds like 30 percent of the total supply which would make sense because it only started accumulating around like 2019 sometimes so like there's that so i, I can see him being pretty heavily invested in doge bitcoin pers- like his personal holdings i'm not too sure on it's be purely speculation. Yeah. Probably probably a few more than us. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit more, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think about the um, Elon Musk? Points? I think that they have said what they've said in order to hype or or, or create a situation in which he's going to come out with some solar battery linked to Bitcoin mining thing that will yeah. suddenly magically revolutionize everything just after he had this like epiphany that it was really bad for the environment, um, which I, I don't think he, he just realized. Yeah. Um, or is that accurate? Um, if I'm totally honest, it's... It, it, That's it, definitely is. There's a foundation called the Energy Web Foundation. I can't remember. It's not a parent company per se, but... There's something to do with solar energy, you know, the solar panels, the batteries, which is obviously linked to Tesla and Elon Musk. And their goal is to decarbonize all blockchains by 2030. Mm. Again, their biggest partner is Ripple. Yeah. Arguably the, the greenest okay. um, ledger out there, the XRP ledger. Just, you know, transact or tr- cost per transaction, mm. rather. But again, Bitcoin will turn green. You know, we all know that it's it, it's coming, and it's. I would agree with your point. Definitely, Elon has something brewing. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a few things that he's in talks with quite a few like solar battery and solar companies, and that there's. It seems like they're already they were already thinking about this before they made the announcement, and it just feels like they're they're setting themselves up. It's like. It's like if a company says, oh, you know, we, we're, we're, we're having serious problems with this part of, of this industry, you know, oh, oh, woe is me. And then all of it, like they'll create the demand for it and then all of a sudden come out with the product to fill that gap that they have created by complaining about it. It just feels like that. They've set themselves up to, to, to I mean, this could be pure, like other trash. I could be talking on my ass. But <laughs> there's definitely like that angle behind it. Because uh, I've seen like some articles about him and like Michael Saylor, like another guy who's like pretty heavily invested, um, talking, having discussions about this. So yeah, it's something that like I can see him doing, especially with like his like his companies and renewable energy. Like it benefits him. Yeah, yeah, of course it does. Yeah. And I mean, it, it also like if anything, the, the, this is the moment with China banning it. And the biggest problem that a lot of people had was that China gets a lot of their electricity from coal, coal power plants in there, both um, not particularly well run and generally not good for the environment anyway. Yeah. Um, and the, this was basically a lot of people's complaint and neither China banned it. It seems like uh, it's totally in the, you know, the ballpark of the people who are pushing that kind of technology to go, Hey, now is the moment to go and sort these issues out and like deal with it because yeah. you know the yeah it feels like we're, we're in a moment where they could make a lot of money from that kind of announcement and i would be shocked if that yeah. was on their minds as well because yeah. if me an idiot has considered it yeah. i guarantee they have thought of it <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely on the table for sure but like another thing to be kind of clear on is it's only proof well proof of stake 
dodge use like electricity, but just not to the same degree as proof of work. Am I right in saying? Yeah, yeah 100%. Like, proof of work is like where you actually have to mine the coin. And uh, like, there's obviously loads of these different protocols, like proof of stakes, like the second biggest, I'd say, um, where like you state your coins and that secures the network. But with Bitcoin, proof of work is your computer doing, well, it used to be computers, now it's more like uh, specialized miners that do it, but they like crack cryptographic code basically, or like a mathematical equation, and that's how yeah. the logs produced, and that's how it's secured. But obviously, there's a lot of electricity goes into that, and that's why it's got all these environmental issues raised about it. Yeah, so yeah, it's not every blockchain that's like that. Like there are blockchains out there that don't consume like even a fraction of what the one does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Doge is actually preferred because uh, it and Litecoin are merge mine. So. Yeah, not Dutch. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it definitely should be noted that you know the thing that's coming out with China at the moment. You know, we all we all know anyway that this has been a narrative that's been replayed for years. The same with India. You know, I don't know how many times China's come out and said that they're going to ban Bitcoin. Marble bills and everything, like yeah. very much. Like every time there's a bill run, it's like, oh, China are going to do this. China are going to do that. It's a narrative. Yeah, definitely. Do you think China owned a lot of cryptocurrency until this recent um, crash, bear market, however you want to describe it? Like, is that is the big dip being caused by China offloading all their crypto in in an attempt to then create their own one, or is is it completely unrelated? I, I don't know if like the government would be that open to like actually buy Bitcoin or like other cryptos. Mm. But yeah. it doesn't have to be specifically but this is the problem with China as well. Like like they could just be instructing a few investment firms to do it from the through the, the, the CCP and just be like, Yeah, do that. Yeah. And they, they like they, they're kind of obligated to. Yeah, do it or else. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Definitely. Like it's a possibility for sure. But yeah, I think that the main angle of all this is definitely the digital yen. Like they want that to be the big thing over there, they don't want like people being able to use like things that potentially like skew who they are or whatever. Like they want to know exactly who you are, where you are, when you are, <laughs> like all that. So yeah. Yeah, I mean China's a bit scary. But uh so before we wrap up here, um is there anything you'd like to add, note and uh, or predictions you'd like to make for the you know the rest of the year and, and crypto? Yeah. Um I'll go just um, I'm pretty open that I'm extremely bullish on the crypto assets that I invest in for obvious reasons. I think sort of in the next 10 to 15 years again, like to think longer term, you'll see Bitcoin at seven or eight figures in value. Yeah, I'd agree. Like in the long term, like if we're talking 10 years, 100%, like it, it's definitely going to be huge in the short term as in this year. Um, yeah, kind of like uncertain at the minute, I think. Like it's gonna go up again, potentially. Like if we do break like the sixty thousand and go above that, I can see it going to like a hundred thousand USD, maybe like a bit above that. But if yeah, if we drop below like support lines, serious support lines, then could be like a bear market for a few years. But like the thing is, like if you're in for the long term, it doesn't matter. You just you buy the bear market and just forget about it until we have like a big run again. 
Yeah, but I know September's a date that's been thrown around quite a lot. That's just due to you know past market history. A lot of people have predicted the Bitcoin. And again, you're yeah, spot on. Summer's altcoin season, right? Yeah. <laughs> the number is 100K, you know, in and around sort of September. And then people think of it last in the sort of winter per se it'll last another couple of months but um again if you're in it for the long term you've you've not to worry about bear cycles you know exactly. people too yeah <laughs> yeah old diamond hands yeah. um but yeah gentlemen thank you very much it's been uh it's been a lot of fun oh, first brilliant. time doing a, a three three-way podcast in person in our hopefully new venue so um everyone check out uh lawrence street workshops they do lots of cool stuff uh recycled furniture um our exhibitions loads of stuff check it out that's what we are um yeah thanks guys fantastic thanks for having me on no problem thanks for making it all I love the way that. to the end of the podcast don't forget our sponsor expressvpn and my book brexit the establishment civil war can both be found in the links in the description below and also please like share and subscribe to this podcast it's the best way to help us grow until next time thanks for listening